pumping iron was only half finished, and George was out of cash. Rather than give up on the project, he hit on the idea of staging a posing exhibition in a New York City art museum to try to attract wealthy patrons. We weren't sure whether this idea was stupid or really brilliant. The Whitney Museum of American Art, which was known for unconventional stuff, leaped at the opportunity. The event was advertised as Articulate Muscle, the Male Body in Art, and the museum stayed open to host it on a Friday night in February 1976. The ideal was to present live posing by Frank Zane, Ed Corney, and me, next to slides of Greek statues and great works by Michelangelo, da Vinci, and Rodin. A panel of professors and artists would add commentary along the way and afterward. This was the first time anyone had a serious public discussion about the meaning of bodybuilding. George was hoping for a few hundred people, but despite a snowstorm that night, more than 2,500 showed up and the line stretched around the block. The museum's fourth-floor gallery overflowed with people standing and sitting on every inch of floor space. In the middle was a raised, revolving platform on which we were to take turns posing. Probably two-thirds of the crowd had never even seen a bodybuilder before. They were from the media and the New York art scene, critics, collectors, patrons, and avant-garde artists like Andy Warhol and Robert Maplethorpe. People magazine, The New Yorker, The New York Times, and The Daily News all had reporters there, and actress Candace Bergen was shooting photographs for the Today Show. She was a great photographer and, of course, very beautiful. All of a sudden, bodybuilding was hip. We'd made it out of the sports world and the carnival world and into international pop culture. Frank, Ed, and I were proud to be posing at a real museum. We'd planned our exhibition to be artistic, leaving out hardcore bodybuilding poses like the most muscular. We wanted each pose to look like a sculpture, especially because we were on a rotating platform. When my turn came, Charles Gaines narrated as I hit the standard shots and showed off some of my trademark poses, like the three-quarters back shot. Gaines said, Arnold owns this pose, and in it you see all the muscles in the back. You see the calf. You see all the thigh muscles. I wrapped up my ten minutes with a perfect simulation of The Thinker by Rodin and got a lot of applause. We put on our clothes after we finished posing and went back out and joined the discussion with the art experts. Their talks were fascinating in a way. For one thing, they showed that you can make a debate out of anything. One professor said that this gathering marked the entry of the highly developed, beautiful masculine form into the sphere of official culture. The next guy thought that because of Vietnam, America was looking for a new definition of virility, which was us. But then he tied bodybuilding to Aryan racism in 1920s Europe and the rise of the Nazis, and warned that we symbolized the possible growth of fascism in the United States. Another professor compared our poses to the worst Victorian-era kitsch. He got booed. The whole thing was mainly a publicity stunt, of course, but I thought that talking about the body of sculpture made sense. My Joe Santo character in Stay Hungry described it that way. Art fascinated me, and if the comparison to sculpture attracted outsiders and helped them understand, then great.
Anything was better than the stereotype of bodybuilders as stupid, gay, narcissistic, muscle-bound freaks. Unfortunately, much less was happening in Hollywood than in New York. Stay Hungry was my first experience in how movie marketing can go wrong. Upon the film's April release, it received good reviews, but fizzled at the box office, playing for ten or twelve weeks before disappearing. The problem was that the publicists and marketing people at United Artists could not figure out how to promote it. Rafelson let me sit in on a meeting before the release, and they were talking about putting posters in gyms. Then, when the film came out, they had Sally Field and me on the Mike Douglas show showing the 50-year-old host how to exercise. Each time we did something like that, I felt like we were moving in the wrong direction.